Josh Hunt has joined The Antidote for a chat about the hunts. Good to have you here, Josh. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I really can't get over the hunts. Seven brothers and sisters. Now, I'd guess that mom and dad were the ones who pushed you into music. Um, let's see. I would maybe put it a little bit differently. Uh, they definitely put us on the right track for loving music. They were both just music lovers. Uh, my mom went to college for a music degree, and my dad just pretty much played along to any classic rock, anything on the radio. They got married and sort of joined forces. And as we grew up, we just grew up loving music and being taught music. What year did it all begin for the Hunts? Oh, let's see. That's pretty hard to pinpoint. So my mom began a music school and taught uh, kids in our community violin. Um, And so nowadays I can kind of look back and see it was probably just because she didn't want to have to pay a babysitter. Um, (laughs) We all sort of just got thrown into her classes. So we all grew up learning how to play violin. And as we got older started branching off into other instruments. So uh, a handful of us picked up the guitar, and uh, my dad sort of just gave us some direction and taught us what he could on guitar. Um, And I make that sound like he's just sort of an average guitar player. He can actually really shred and is a very, very talented guitar player. So we just really had two incredible influences all these years. Um, So from there... We actually started writing our own music and um, also going out and covering music and playing anywhere and playing anything way back in, oh gosh, that would have been early 2000s. So it's been a handful of years uh, ever since we were really little kids. (laughs) That's great. I want to go through the band member list. There's you, Josh. Then Jenny, Jonathan, Jordan, Justin, Jameson, and Jesse. Now, do your parents have some kind of a fixation with the letter J? Um, I think, honestly, they kind of got trapped into that. They started with twins, and they liked the names Jesse and Jenny, uh, and they also liked the names Josh and Jonathan. They decided not to figure out whether you know, they're having boys or girls. So they ended up having two girls right off. Uh, And so when I came along, it was sort of like, well, we already picked out a name we liked. And then after the next one, you know, you couldn't name the fifth one something different, especially if he ended up being the last one. So uh, another one came and you just kind of had to go with the flow at that point. (laughs) And they gave up at seven because he said, I just can't think of any more names. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us the truth. Have you ever called one of your siblings by the wrong name? Oh, I can't think of any instances, but you definitely get caught up in that j- 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 before like actually your, your brain kind of puts the name to the face. That happens all the time. <laughs> Especially that happens when it's coming from parents. Yes. Yeah. When you're a little upset or something. Yeah. The Hunt's debut 2013 release, We Were Young, had a really popular tune. I mean, so much so that you re-released Make This Leap on your follow-up album. What was the attraction of the song? Um, at least what I remember from our conversation with the record label, which 
heard our song and really wanted to uh, re-release it on a record that they kind of helped us put out uh, with all the production and everything. Um, the president of the record label sort of talked about Make This Leap as um, having its own sound. Um, and I like to attribute that to um, sibling harmonies. I've heard so many people say that there's a, a harmony between siblings that strangers can't reproduce or recreate. Uh, and so I like to think that we really try and take advantage of that and with our group vocals. And also we have one sister who really likes to add in these extra little oohs and ahs and hums. Um, and that really kind of just makes the hunt something different and something fresh and just really who we are as a band. Usually if someone said to me that one of the members of the band is putting in those oohs and ahs and ums, I would say, oh, that's really pathetic. But really, that <laughs> flushes out your sound. It really builds this smoothness to it that's just amazing. Yeah, and honestly, I can look back to a lot of our influences and sort of see uh, from our past, we were really into a lot of oldies. Uh, and uh, like the, the Mamas and the Papas, for example, where they had these guy vocals and girl vocals and they did a lot of that where one would sing and the other would back the other one up and you'd get these few different parts going and you're trying not to be too distracting and sort of just get everything together to, to make a really cool sound. Something I wonder about, with having seven band members, would you actually say that there's a front person for the hunts? I think we're still kind of working with that and figuring that out. Um, I have definitely sort of been the, the front man. Uh, I think it's a lot easier to think about the hunts as a family uh, and not really having any one person as the lead as far as, you know, any other person. Uh, so right now we have almost everybody leading a different song on a future album we're, we're working on right now. Uh, and anybody that isn't leading a song, that's that's coming. That's going to happen eventually. Uh, but right now, I take the majority of lead vocal, front man role. Um, but honestly, The Hunts is, is really pretty equally spread out as far as our sound and who, who we are uh, and who we're influenced by. And, and our songs that we write are also very much written across the board. Not any one person just sort of writes all of our music. Well, we covered yeah. that. What about prima donnas? Who fits that role? Oh. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say we have any prima donnas in the group. Obviously, you have different levels of that. I don't think anybody really reaches the level of, you know, deserving that title. But uh, there, there are some times when, you know, the band will be setting up and somebody else will kind of be hanging back and relaxing in the RV or in the green room or something. We're all kind of like, hey, we're working here. Yeah, nothing over the top, that's for sure. The Hunt's debut album included Be Naive. The song ties the outdoors and love together with the line, Be Naive, Be My Only Remedy, Define My Love. Pull from your petals, putting our fate in the hands of the meadows. How was there a relationship between the two? Wow, okay. 
Yeah, this is definitely a really old song that you just reading out the lyrics makes me want to go back and listen to it. This is honestly one of the first songs we wrote. And uh, I do remember writing it from this place of really finding innocence and someone who is naive in a way, uh, very attractive versus the opposite, you know, very, I guess, learned and, and um, worldly. From what I can remember, the, the heart of the song, which was just like finding that person and um, I guess learning about the world together, you know, because that m- may be a place that you're at as well. So you're trying to get at the heart of comparing the two, like nature and... And love. And love, okay. Yeah, I honestly haven't thought about that song in a long time. I, I would probably need a good refresher on all the lyrics and you know where I was in that place in my life, because that was seven or so years ago. Well, you talk about being naive. Obviously, being on the road as a touring band... You can't be that naive. I mean, talk about dealing with the world. You're dealing with it on a daily basis. Right. You go on tour and it's just a different world entirely than, you know, your typical. uh, You grow up and you go to school and you find a job and, and everything. So you definitely are exposed to the world and it helps you find who you are and, uh, you know, it's it's better to kind of find that and stand on your own feet rather than have the world and touring life define who you are. Uh, just because I've I've seen so many musicians kind of fall into that lifestyle and just go off the rails. I'll have to be honest with you and just tell you that I knew nothing about the Hunts before I saw the band play Audio Feed in 2016. Right. And I can see how your style can cross boundaries. It's alt-folk and a bit of rock. Then when I hear songs like Illuminate, the strings give it a touch of classical. But let's hear it from you. Like, what defines the Hunt's sound? Okay, the Hunt's sound is something that has developed and is still developing over the years, I think. Uh, When we first started out, we didn't even know what to describe our music as just because we had so many different styles, so many different people writing music and influencing each song um, that it was kind of like, well, what direction do we want to go in? And so it, when we signed with a record label, we started to feel like, oh, we, ha- we have to step away from some of like the beautiful orchestral pieces that um, in my opinion, are a lot more natural for us to write. And we wanted to write things that might be a little bit more radio-friendly or uh, or happy. I think that a lot of the, the band's tendency, and maybe it's a, a typical musician's tendency, is to write really slow and sad music. That just seems to to happen a little bit easier. At least for me, you have to put a lot more effort into writing something bouncy and happy because for some reason that tends to start to get old or feel really cheesy. And so that's uh, a direction that uh, we've sort of faced ourselves. We want to be happy and refreshing to the listener. And so we feel like we can capture that with a lot of acoustic instruments and, and you know, bouncing, plucking parts. 
and you can really just see the band growing and changing all the way from way back in those, you know, folky, poppy sort of songs through our, our more recent album, Darlin' or Darlin' has a little bit more of an electric feel. Uh, my brother Jameson on the mandolin um, picked up some effects pedals and started putting his effects onto his mandolin and just created this really cool swirling um, vibe that that we just sort of started incorporating into our songs. So it's cool to see, especially from my perspective, the band's sound changing and growing through the years. But at the very beginning, would you say like this was a conscious decision to adopt a certain style for the hunts? Um, at the very beginning, we were really just looking to write songs that pleased us, really. Just what sounded good um, and what was meaningful to us. And so um, when you start to look at where we are now versus where we were, um, from that perspective, it hasn't really changed. We're really trying to explore and create music in a, a different way than most bands, I think, where we're all sort of family and we're together and a, a lot of our music is written across seven people. So you sort of run into different dynamics where you're trying to please people that aren't happy with certain things and you're really trying to find common ground. And I think that uh, has really refined our sound in a way that any one person couldn't have created. That was something that I was wondering about. I guess I'd like to hear how songwriting works for the Hunts. I mean, having seven band members, all with their own ideas, does that ever make the process chaotic? That is actually a great way to describe it. Um, chaotic in the sense of we don't have a nailed down process for writing songs right now. Um, I can look back through a bunch of our songs and the process of each one and come up with like seven or eight different processes that we went through to write each of these songs. So occasionally somebody will will write something and they'll bring it to the band and they'll be like, hey, I have this chorus or this idea um, and kind of pick it up and see where it goes. Uh, that That's one of the ways that we write music. I think the most common right now is our piano player. We cannot pull him away from the piano for long periods of time. He's constantly uh, finding a piano anywhere we are and just playing music and sort of just constantly composing his own stuff. And so he is where a lot of our melodies begin and he'll bring ideas to the band and songs that are almost completely done musically he'll bring to the band. I'm really actually hoping that someday we do a documentary of a song from birth to, you know, full production even like releasing it and um, playing it on stage or something, because I think it would be really cool to see from the, from the beginning stages, just a piece written on the piano being introduced to six other musicians that are really skilled on uh, a handful of different instruments and influenced by a bunch of different musicians. Um, and just to see that 
that piece sort of take form into a Hunt's song um, is really kind of a cool process that even from our perspective, I don't feel like we have a great grasp of because we're so up close to it. And you sort of like if you're watching your kid age, you don't really notice it. But somebody who only sees him, uh, you know, once a year is like, oh, my gosh, you've grown so much. That's an excellent point. I realize that the band members are Christian, but you kind of bring that faith aspect in through the back door on some of your songs. It's not front and center. Is that intentional? Um, we've had lots of discussions about who we want to be as a band and what we want our message to be. And it's very possible that will change, uh, or at least where we are now will change. But right now, uh, we're really just a group of musicians that really like writing songs and our songs are written from our past and certain things that we're influenced by. And so one of those things is scripture. Uh, there are lots of lyrics that are tied directly into the Psalms and um, other scripture. Uh, and that's just a part of who we are. And that's something that we're not trying to hide. Uh, I think a really big part of the message behind a lot of the songs where Typically, you'll, you'll have a, a really positive message behind a song, even if it's a, you know, heart-wrenching. A lot of our songs, we're trying to find that um, redemption or that reconciliation. It's just something that I think our faith and knowing what Christ did for us has really shaped our lives. And we're trying to do our best to be the best people we can be and be the most Christ-like we can be. And that will come out in our music. And um, if one day we all kind of agree that we want to be outspoken and, you know, writing worship songs or something, then that's the direction we'll take. But right now we're just, we're actually able to do a lot more being um, a secular band. We've had the opportunities to play in schools in different bars across the country, I guess. And we're able to sort of, I, I see it as we're able to shine a light in dark places and places where we wouldn't be able to if we were labeled a Christian band. One song that did have a fairly strong Christian message, well, this is taking you back again, back to 2013, was mm -hmm. the song Morning Light from your debut. That song is an outright cry to God. Yes. Uh, that was one of my favorites from from that album, and I've been trying to resurrect it. I've been like throwing it out pretty much at every every new album. We're starting to like look at what songs we could put on it or what songs we're working on at the time. And every single one, I'm kind of like, hey, we could throw Morning Light on there, um, just because I see it as a really, really beautiful and moving piece. So I guess really what you're saying is that you've been intentional about trying to avoid the Christian band label. Yes, that that's true. Um, I think that our um, our message gets through and can speak louder to somebody who might be closed off to somebody who labels themselves as a Christian band. Like I said earlier, that's where we are now. And um, we're just going to continue to follow what direction we believe the Lord is leading us. 
Could that ever be a tough situation for you? Like trying to do that balance of having that appeal to the mainstream market and then also tap into the Christian market as well. Hmm. Um, I sort of see it as we're really just doing what we love. We're creating songs that we like. I kind of have this view of our music, like if we're doing what we like and nobody else likes it, then, you know, that's just kind of too bad. Uh, And I'm not really willing to change who we are to please the crowd or please uh, the radio or anybody. I know I mentioned, you know, trying to make our songs a little bit more radio friendly earlier, but that was also five or six or so years ago when we were like, hey, we just signed to a record label. Let's uh, let's give them what they want. And so you kind of go through those sorts of things um, as a band and you really start to see what matters to you. And I know that for me, I have like a conviction where I'm not going to change my creativity to please other people. I, I really think that if other people like our music, then that's just a bonus. And if not, then music sort of just becomes a hobby and like I can go on working or doing something else for a living. Good point. We've been through a handful of things. I sort of attribute those difficulties to like giving us a really solid foundation where we came from a a booking agency that was terrified of us changing as we got older. Uh, We used to play fiddle music and we used to play uh, the Von Trapps and Bluegrass and Celtic and we used to dance. And so we were a lot more like performing arts center uh, as kids. We had just, you know, a, a cutesy appeal to the crowd versus what we have grown into as a band that writes music that people like. And having a, a booking agency that really was terrified of us growing and changing what formula was working, um, we started to see from an early age that we can't let other people dictate what direction we're going. We started singing in our shows, and they pulled us aside and said, hey, like, why are you starting to sing? Like, you know, that's not a good idea. Or we stopped dancing. They're like, hey, that's what's bringing people out to your shows. Why are you going to stop dancing? We started introducing songs that we had written. Every single time we introduced something new, they would pull us aside and say, hey, that, you know, that's not a good idea. You might lose your, your jobs and your shows and your audience. And so in order for us to continue to work as a band, we can't just do what the crowd wants. We have to do what we want. We are thankful for that foundation um, when we did go into a record label uh, because they actually really wanted us to co-write with people. And that was just something that didn't make sense to us. We felt like we're happy with our writing. We don't see a problem there. Why are we going to bring somebody else in to write with us or help us write? Um, Absolutely, especially when you've got seven members all with their input. Yeah, it was hard enough with that many members. So I'm really grateful for that foundation. Uh, I wish that more bands, and I can't just assume this, but I wish that, that more bands that I love or used to love were like that. There are so many bands that I used to really, really love 
that have taken a drastic change and it really feels like they're just trying to put out music that people are going to like versus what's really intimate to them and meaningful to them. Let's carry on to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier. The Hunts released Darlin' Oh Darlin' album in 2018. Most of the songs, like Love of Mine, carry love as their theme. Are these personal relationships that are being reflected in the music of the Hunts? Oh, I believe so. We're so many different members that we have the ability to pull from so many different experiences. For this album, we felt like it was a progression. If you look back at our previous albums, you have We Were Young and Those Younger Days, which are both kind of uh, a similar feel of the imagination of you know going out and adventuring and exploring and as we kind of got older we started to see like okay the next step in that is like finding somebody and and loving people and so we felt like with darlin oh darlin it was the next step which is um i guess more so the commitment to the people you love to your friends and so even though that poses the uh, the problem of these lows and, and highs. And, you know, there are so many lyrics throughout that album that sort of speak to uh, the thick and thin, uh, you know, through, through the hard times and the really fun times. Um, like, I'm here for you. And I think that Love of Mine, you mentioned, actually is probably one of the best examples of a song from that album where it's really talking about like the difficulty and the main line in the chorus there is no matter what it takes, we'll make it through. And um, that's a, a very dear uh, message to us where we know that we're there for each other. We're there and no matter how hard it gets or whatever life throws at us, we can count on each other. You'd mentioned earlier about the hunts beginning as teenagers now that everyone is in their 20s or even 30s, I guess, it must be a struggle keeping everyone motivated to keep making music. Does life get in the way? Okay, so we've definitely seen through the years how music is just another part of our life. Um, We used to tour as that performing arts family that I kind of described earlier Uh, And everybody would ask us, well, what are you going to do when people start going to college? Or what are you going to do when somebody gets married or has a family? And we've just kind of thought, like, we'll see what happens then. And uh, music has always kind of stuck around for us. And uh, it's something that we just love to have in our lives. And I can't imagine it now, like, not, even if we had some huge fight and the, the band broke up. Uh, I think that individually, everybody would still sort of just continue to write and to make music. And, you know, that would be a really sad thing. But um, it's just so ingrained into us that I can't imagine life without music. What I'd asked actually was a very cheap segue into a song. Because aging comes up on the song years. There's no time to waste, my dear. We're only here so many years. I gotta say, that comes across as a statement an elderly person could make, not somebody your age. 
Right. Yeah, I think that so many of these songs, and that song in particular, uh, were written from our own experiences. And so in this case, it's like a, a sort of a wake-up call to uh, to not just sit around and let life pass you by. And yeah, I guess just wait wait for things to happen to you versus going out. Um, I like to tell this story where I like I hardly do anything spontaneous, and for some reason I was just in a this part of my life where I was like I just I don't know I need to go and do something on my own, and so I booked this trip to Alaska, and uh, I have some family there, and I stayed with them, and had never been to Alaska before. And really got to drive around and explore with my grandma. And um, I guess people call it like soul searching. And it was a really, really cool trip just for me to go and do by myself. And a lot of the lyrics from the song Years uh, were written on that trip to Alaska. So if, if you listen back through that one, you'll hear mentions of mountains and things Um so much inspiration from that song came from that trip. Do you think people sometimes stifle the urge to reinvent themselves and just carry on with the day-to-day norms? I think so. And that's another thing that we're kind of able to do as musicians is to try and um, like open people's eyes to what's actually happening in their life and to think about it and not just fall into that daily routine um, that is potentially a, a, a track to everything falling apart. Um, we're writing a lot of songs right now. Um, and actually a lot of the songs from Darlin O Darlin that are very relationship based and if you look at some of our singles that we're starting to release, and actually I think that this album that we're working on now uh, is sort of the next step where it is diving into um, the idea of a relationship that is that, that has sort of just taken those daily routine steps and you kind of forget to appreciate the other person or you, um, you, know, you fall into a daily routine that um, doesn't involve really appreciating each other. Um, and so the, the, a lot of the lyrics right now that we're starting to write are sort of trying to rekindle um, what brought you together in the first place. And that is something that's been changing with The Hunts because up until recently, all of your releases have been albums. So what's coming out now are singles. and <laughs> It makes me wonder if you're paying attention to Spotify's Daniel Ack and are rushing to put out music. Oh, um, no, not exactly. Uh, I think that we just wanted to try something different. We do know that the music world is changing and you don't put out an album. I mean, you still do, but people don't as often listen straight through an entire album they kind of just pick a couple good songs and throw them on their playlist. So uh, we're playing into that a little bit. Right now we've released three new singles and um, we have a couple more that are around the corner. Um, And then we're going to release the rest of the album. I don't think we've actually made that announcement yet, but that's the goal right now is sort of just to release a handful of singles and then 
release another five or so songs and then have them all together as an album. During our conversation here, you've spoken about the Hunt style of music as being happy. But your new single, Human, it goes in another direction. I was really surprised how melancholic the song is. So you're willing to let your style evolve. Um, We definitely are. And I sort of also mentioned earlier how our natural tendency is to write a little bit more melancholy and a little bit more orchestral. I know for myself, I'm a, a really big fan of beautiful music. And me personally, I know that this isn't the case for the rest of the band or most of the rest of the band. I really actually love really sad, depressing music. Uh, I don't know why. It's just like my thing. Um, And so a lot of times the lyrics that I write, everybody's kind of like, okay, yeah, that really hurt like to hear. Or uh, can we like turn that a little bit to make it less heavy or less emotional? Um, And so I think that we end up finding a really good balance for a lot of these songs. But as far as um, the beauty of human Honestly, it was written as a as a piano piece, and my other brother uh, on the mandolin uh, also was a big part of writing that melody and that instrumental piece. And we would listen through it, and I remember my mom saying, "Like, hey, maybe maybe we should leave that as an instrumental. Like, it's beautiful the way it is, and I don't know that we should try and ruin it with lyrics." Something that's different about it, too, is that you didn't rush the song. It's seven minutes long. You'd mentioned about (laughs) writing radio-friendly songs. Well, for most radio stations, that's not a very radio-friendly track at all. But that's the beauty of it, is because you've allowed it to evolve and spread out and expand. Yes. um, I think that it's also a really refreshing thing for us to do as a band, to let go of that time constraint of, oh, we got to do this song in three minutes or less in order, you know, so that it can make it onto a radio station. Um, And occasionally we just want to like say, all right, forget about that. Let's just like put the song together the way it should be written and the way that we think is best. And so for this song, it was really nice to, to let go of that time constraint and to capture all of the different parts as best we could and put them all together. We've spoken about human being a sad song. I do goes in the opposite direction. It says, I've waited till the moment's right to look into those starry eyes and say the words that I'm thinking all the time. You know, what gets my attention about the three singles is that all of them share about repairing a damaged relationship. Is there a story behind that? That's a good question. There isn't a specific story behind that, to be honest, other than I kind of see it as something that you can't avoid in life. Even with like your dearest friend, you always tend to go through some type of season that you want to reconcile. And, um, and so often pride kind of gets in the way of that. And you know, it's so tragic to see people go their different ways. And so that's something that uh, I think is at the heart of a lot of our band members where we really do kind of like um, 
some of the songs in Darlin' Oh Darlin' that speak to commitment, we do want to commit and find that forgiveness and reconciliation. And uh, there's something that just feels wrong about broken relationships. And so uh, a lot of our songs do speak to putting those things back together. And uh, I actually haven't thought about it the way that you kind of phrased the question, which is, is that from a past experience? I honestly don't think it is. I think it's just something that maybe it's more of a, a thing that would be more feared than actually experienced. I should tell you that my wife isn't much of a music fan, but your music turned her into a big fan. Uh, thank you. She had her own question that she wanted me to ask. She always wanted to know the meaning behind Lifting the Sea from those Younger Days album. Okay. Well, I really like to look at that song as probably the first song that we, we did write as a band. I remember getting together and sort of like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to write something together. You know, it might not go well, but we're just going to try it out. And uh, my one sister started playing on her violin like a guitar. She kind of put it down and, and strummed it like a guitar and created this really pretty chord pattern. My other sister and I started writing different lyrics um, and what, what she was writing turned into the verses and what I was writing turned into the chorus. And um, from the, the little fragments that we got in that first session, we started to just analyze them. And, and we really started to think like what, what we're writing about and what we're longing for here is uh, to go out and see the world. And um, we decided we wanted to write the song about um, missions trips, to be honest. It was... Uh, this longing to go and share our gifts with less fortunate kids. Um, we had put on a summer camp in our, in our area for years, and we just sort of thought it would be so cool to go and do this in a third world country um, for less fortunate kids. Uh, and so eventually we just happened to make a connection with a missionary family from Haiti uh, that was working at an orphanage and all of the stars just sort of aligned for us to go and, and do this trip. And so it was the coolest thing to take a song that we had written about um, such different people. You, you hear it say like, it's, it's amazing that you and me are both in this world, such two different experiences uh, and two different cultures sort of inhabiting the same planet. And so it was an incredible experience for us to go and, and do this camp and teach all of these. We found it was an orphanage of like 30 girls. And we also ended up teaching a lot of the kids in the community. And um, so we picked a handful of songs and Lifting the Sea was one of them. There's actually a really cool music video if you go and look for it that sort of sums up the whole trip uh, for Lifting the Sea. And so I, th I think that it just sort of captures that innocence of wanting to explore and also like finding new things and new people. Now, you've mentioned a little bit earlier about how these singles are going to be turned into an album. So when could we hopefully expect that? Um, I think we're definitely looking into 2021. 
So we've got a couple more singles we want to kind of put some love into. And uh, we'll just kind of see. The, the rest of the albums is still yet to be written. And I've seen so often where we kind of think, oh, yeah, we'll be ready by September, you know, and then the songs aren't written by then. So it just it, it can't happen. So um, we're we're reluctant to say any real dates, but just the way that things have sort of been rolling with these three singles, we've got a couple more. Um, and so we're definitely thinking next year we'll have a, a new album ready to go. As they say, you can't rush creativity. Yeah. Here's a question I've asked of several artists. How would you describe the purpose of the Hunt's music? Hmm. I think our purpose may change between band members, honestly, because um, we kind of all have different goals. We talk about this all the time and you know, you have some band members that are like, oh, yeah, my goal is to be, you know, as popular as this band. Or uh, you have other band members who are kind of like, yeah, my goal is just to be successful enough to really provide for seven different families or I guess eight different families. It's amazing to us that music gives us that opportunity, even though we're, you know, we're not there. We're not at some of the goals we want to be at yet. But we do know that if we keep going with this, like music very well could get us to where we're really wanting to be. So I think that when we're writing songs, uh, you have two different motives, right? The one is to, uh, I guess, share a message that really speaks to people uh, and also writing music that fills people's lives. For me, I would answer the question that way, where... If we can write music that people love to fill their lives with, then that's my goal. Uh, and so within that, we're sort of able to put forward truthful, uh, even scriptural messages uh, that people really might need to hear in their lives. And if our music can be a big part of people healing or people forgiving or people starting over and and reconciling with each other, then I sort of feel like our purpose is being successful. What's the pinnacle for the hunts? Uh, I guess we'll see. The goal is, um, I kind of mentioned my goal as a band. I think that I, I'd be really easy to please. I'm not trying to get famous or uh, be so, so successful or anything. I'm honestly happy with just sort of bringing in enough to support my future family and all of my brothers and sisters and parents. Uh, if we can get to a point where music does that, because right now we're, we're doing all right, but there are um, five other band members that have yet to start their families. And so we know that where we are now isn't going to be enough to sustain all of the different families. So uh, me personally, that's my goal. If we can be successful enough to do that, then great. Um, and if not, then, you know, we'll find other jobs and uh, make it work. We're not too worried about that, I don't think, because uh, another thing I mentioned earlier is like music, I think, should be treated more like a hobby. And if that hobby turns into something that can sustain you financially, then 
then great. But if not, like it should remain a hobby. It shouldn't turn into like you trying to use music to provide for yourself because I think that it takes away a genuineness from the music. Josh, it's been great having you on The Antidote and The Music of the Hunts. And uh, I guess thanks for putting up with all these questions. Oh, not a problem. I actually really enjoyed it. And uh, it was a, a good refresher for me, too. You went way back into some old songs. Um, so uh, it made me want to go back and listen to them and, and relive those same feelings that I, I lived when I was writing them. <laughs>